0: It's around getting the right focus between, say, profitability and revenue. Mm. I see a lot of businesses go really, really hard on building revenue, Mm. but maybe not so much profitability. And when you come to sell, you're better having a smaller revenue and higher profitability
1: than the other way around. Absolutely. James Framco here from superfastbusiness.com and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on productiveinsights.com.
0: Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now,
1: here's your host, Ash Roy. Thanks for tuning in to the Productive Insights Podcast. It's great to have you here. Today, I am going to be talking to a very special guest who is an absolute veteran when it comes to smart business exits. I've always had the opinion that when you build a business, you should build it with the intention to sell, even if you don't actually intend to sell it. The reason being that you're more likely to build a robust business that is self-sustaining and that ends up with a higher intrinsic value. In this two-part series, I speak to Jeff Green, who is a lawyer, amongst other things, and now specializes in helping business owners exit their businesses and get the maximum value for their business that they have often spent decades building. In this first part of this two-part series, we talk about the three stages of a business exit, how to build a sellable business, how to value your business, and some things that owners do subconsciously to sabotage the sale of their business just around the time of the exit because they haven't thought through what they're going to do after they sell the business. I really like Jeff's holistic approach to business exits and I think you will too. I hope you enjoy this first part of this two-part series and be sure to listen through to the end because there is a special offer for a book at a 50% discount and all will be revealed within the words of this episode. Thanks for listening, and leave a review on iTunes if you enjoy this content. Welcome, everyone. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com. Great to have you on board. Now, I have a very special guest today, and we are going to be talking about smart business exits. It's easy starting a business. It's much harder getting out again. Most business owners find out this fact a little bit too late. Our guest today, Jeff Green, is one of Australia's leading business exit strategists and the author of The Smart Business Exit Getting Rewarded for Your Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Over a 30 year corporate career in law, business consulting, and his own business ventures, Jeff has helped hundreds of business owners not only build great businesses, but also get rewarded for their blood, sweat, and tears when they exit. Jeff has also been involved in his own business exits. He was a founding shareholder and initial managing director of Bendigo Stock Exchange, which was established as a startup company and later sold to the NSX for $7.75 million. Jeff is also a member of the International Advisory Board of the Value Builder System, a North American organization developing one of the world's largest and fastest growing networks of business exit advisors. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Jeff Green of SmartBusinessExit.com. Welcome, Jeff. Great to be here, Ash. Great to have you on board, mate. This is fantastic. You've got a sparkling resume and an, an amazing background. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm sure it's going to be a very uh, interactive discussion because I've got a finance background myself. So I'm looking forward to bouncing some ideas off you. So let's start off by talking about why it's important to consider a good exit strategy and when a business owner should first consider it. And I'm going to go first by saying that I've always held this view, and I've said this in previous episodes, that You want to start thinking about a business exit the day you start your business because I believe that if you approach a business from that perspective, from almost thinking of the business, building the business from your buyer's point of view, like imagining yourself as a buyer and building the business, you're going to build a business that is self-sustaining, that is less dependent on you as a business owner. This specifically applies to entrepreneurs that has good quality systems, replicable systems, good strong procedures that are documented. All these things increase the saleability of a business. Now, there are some businesses, and I spoke about this to Neil Patel in episode one, where the brand of the business is inextricably linked to the owner of that business or the chairman or the founder of the business, like Apple with Steve Jobs, or in fact, Neil Patel with Kissmetrics. But In the end, the reason that Apple was able to bounce back, although admittedly its shares dropped after Steve Jobs passed away, it bounced back is because the market eventually recognized that the business can stand independently of Steve Jobs. So that's my take on business exits and the importance I'm considering from the beginning. I hope I haven't stolen your thunder. So, Jeff, over to you.
0: Okay. Well, I think we're going to be on the same page on a few fundamental things, Ash, Firstly, why it's so important to have a strategy. All business owners put a massive amount of blood, sweat, and tears into building their business, often over many, many years. And the time when the rubber really hits the road is when you do your exit. And that's the time when you really want to make sure that it really was worth all the effort that you put into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the sad reality is that's not the case with most business owners. I was actually looking at a bit of research this morning from the Exit Planning Institute from the US, mm. and they'd done a survey where 75% of exiting business owners had said they were profoundly disappointed with their exit outcome. Wow. Um, and I think that's pretty indicative of what I see in the marketplace. Most people are disappointed.
1: That's almost as bad as the statistics on mergers and acquisitions, which is like yeah. 90%. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. So I think in terms of when you start start thinking about it I agree with you that it's a fundamental thing that you should be building into your approach from day 1 and I hear a lot of I hear a lot of my other advisors in this space say to me that look we're just got to get people preparing earlier and although I don't disagree with that I don't think that's actually really fully addresses the issue because if we all look at things like you know, wills, we all know we should have wills in place. A lot of us don't. We all know we should be focusing on super earlier. Most of us don't. We sort of go retirement's a long way off. So we need to actually come up with a a different way of thinking about this whole issue of of exit and how it sort of feeds into building your business. And I I think it's really fundamental to be thinking quite differently right from the outset about what you're actually trying to build mm-hmm. and being aware of how that'll impact on your exit later on. And I suppose if we just stand back a little bit from you know the actual exit issue and have a bit of a think about you know what you're trying to do as an entrepreneur. For a lot of us it's things like, you know, things like freedom doing stuff our own way, trying to get financial independence, mm-hmm. getting more time all those sorts of things. We want to build something with with a real purpose. So mm. we, it's important to us to have purpose in what we're doing. And for a lot of us, when we come to exit the business, you actually want to feel like you've left something like a legacy yes. that has longstanding value. And these things are really important and they affect you in different ways through your business journey, but they all come together at your exit. Mm. So for me, it's entrepreneurs really understanding that these are fundamental drivers that, that are always there during your business journey. So it's there when you build your business, it's as you exit your business, and they're also highly relevant after you exit your business.
1: You make a great point, Jeff. I just want to bring something out in what you said. A lot of us as entrepreneurs, and I include myself in this category, think that, oh, yes, you know we're starting our business with this real mission. But then we very quickly get caught up in the whole I want to increase my profitability, I want to increase my revenue, I want to you know get myself independent of the business, I want to build this self- sustaining mechanism, and we start skewing towards the financials. but the truth is we didn't start the business just for the money in ninety percent of the cases there's some other calling that got us to start the business. I would say we know very few entrepreneurs started just for the money, and so you know if you're not continuing that mission within your thinking mm. if you're not infusing that mission into your business and your thinking, then you can just end up with a cash cow, but you may not be happy with the legacy element.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we see is these elements come out really strongly at exit because Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't focus on them. Certainly a lot of the advisors you have around the table aren't talking to you much about your legacy or Mm -hmm. what you're going to do after your business and so on. So bringing all these things together and being aware of them through your whole business journey is really important.
1: Very holistic approach. Mm. Jeff, I really like that. That's awesome. So when should a business owner start considering their exit? Day one? Well, I tend to break it down into three stages, Ash. I uh-huh. think
0: there's what I call the first stage, which really starts from the the time you, you start building your business. Yep. And for me the first stage is really around building value in your business. Yep. And it's value in the eyes of a third party. So it's it's value that a a future purchaser is going to be happy to get their checkbook out and pay for. And it's what I like to describe as being a highly sellable business.
1: Yes.
0: And this is sort of the mindset shift that I think is really important. Because if from day one you're focusing on building a business which is highly sellable, it will look different, it will feel different and it will be different from somebody who, as you said before, is is just focused on doing, 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 sometimes without really focusing on why they're doing it. Whereas if you have this concept of I'm building a highly sellable business without any current intention to sell it, but something that is highly sellable at some point in the future, the whole way you approach your business is different. And it does come down to really focusing on things like building the business so it's not fully dependent on you mm. so that when a buyer comes along, they can go, okay, I'm not buying you, Ash, I'm buying yes, your business. exactly. Um, yeah, and that takes work, that, and that's really hard for a lot of entrepreneurs. We mm. all struggle, I struggle with it every day, oh, yeah. as, we, as we all do, but you have to have the mindset of getting yourself out of the day-to-day parts of the business so mm. that you've got something to sell. It's around getting the right focus between, say, profitability and revenue. Mm. I see a lot of businesses go really, really hard on building revenue, mm. but maybe not so much profitability. Yeah. And when you and when you come to sell, you're better having a smaller revenue and higher profitability
1: than oh, the other way around. Absolutely. yeah. So many financially literate people are obsessed with revenue. And I'm like, who cares about your revenue? You could be making $10 million a year, but if it's costing you $20 million to make it, it doesn't matter. And you yeah. could be making $1,000 a year. And if it's costing you a dollar to make it, that's a pretty uh, much better situation yeah. to be in.
0: Yeah, yes. And and a lot of that's just making sure you've got focus on some of these fundamental things. I mean, a couple of the others that I mentioned, which you touched on before, having systems and processes in your business so Mm -hmm. that it's actually scalable, Mm -hmm. so that you can bring extra staff on easily and you don't have to spend a massive amount of time onboarding them. Being able to you know if you get a lot more work in the door quickly, being able to manage that quickly, being mm. able to scale up because they're the sort of features in your business that a buyer is going to attribute a lot of weight to, yeah differentiating yourself in the marketplace, so mm-hmm. you know for some businesses, you know brand is a massive differentiator and value adder mm-hmm. and i mean apple 's probably the absolute classic on that you sure, know yep. their, their brand is just phenomenally valuable
1: mm-hmm.
0: so these are some of the things that. If you're thinking about building a highly sellable business during this first phase, these are some of the things that you really need to focus on. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's my first phase. So the second stage is is where we really start to focus much more specifically on on the exit itself. So you've made a decision you want to exit and and now we're really really getting set up to exit as well as possible. I usually say to clients, you should try and allow at least three, three years plus for that mm-hmm. um, just because it helps you really get set up well. A lot of business owners try and do it quicker than that and they usually pay the price for it. Yep. So some of the key things we look at in, in this phase is who do you want to transition the business to? Do you want to try and sell it to another company? Do you want to pass it on to family? Do you want to try and pass it on to your management team and so on? And depending on what choice you make, they, they're all going to take a while to bed down properly. So mm-hmm. that's why you need to give yourself time. If you're going to sell it, really looking at who are the best potential buyers and really understanding what value they, they are likely to see in your business so you can position it the best possible way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Minimizing risks in your business. So making sure that you know, all your contracts are properly in place and all the sort of things that a buyer might get nervous about, that you've mm-hmm. dealt with those putting your advisory team together. And this often takes a lot of careful thought. So normally you're going to have a business broker or corporate advisor who'll kind of lead the deal, your lawyer, your accountant, and sometimes other specialist advisors. So really thinking through you know, how you put that team together and then moving into the deal itself. So you're going to be dealing with contracts, due diligence, and how you manage your staff during this sort of period and so on. So this is where you're really starting to focus on, on the exit process itself. Mm -hmm. Now, in practice, a lot of businesses move into exit phase not through their own choice. Somebody comes and taps on the door and says, hey, are you interested in selling? Or you might have a serious illness um, somewhere in the family yourself Mm -hmm. or your partner or someone else which precipitates an exit. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't got a lot of this stuff in place and an event like that happens, you're really unprepared. Uh, And in those circumstances, you're almost guaranteed to get a worse outcome.
1: Right. Talk to me about valuations, Jeff. I mean, how does one, one of the most important parts of an exit is, I'm not saying it's the most important, but one of the important things is having some sense of what your business is worth so that when someone does tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I'm interested in buying a business, you have something sensible to come back with. Yeah, I think
0: it's good early on to start to get your head around what your business may potentially be worth at the end of the day what it's actually worth is is the size of the check that comes across the table
1: and mind you it's also different for different buyers right like absolutely, if you're selling a yeah. business that manufactures car tires to somebody who's a car manufacturer chances are you know because of the vertical integration elements they would find it maybe more valuable than somebody who's a toy manufacturer
0: yeah absolutely so the business will different buyers will Look at it through different eyes, and they will attribute different value to it, so absolutely so what I, what I generally say to business owners is let, let's 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 not go too hard on this, but let's start to get some indicative feel for what your business is worth initially. Mm-hmm and then we can start to work from there. Mm -hmm. And I find nine times out of 10 business owners think their business is worth more than it probably (laughs) is. So there's there's often a reality check at that stage. And there's a couple of different ways you can go about doing it. You can go to an accountant or Hmm. business value and so on and get a a formal valuation, or you can get a curbside type valuation Hmm. and so on. Or there's a lot of good online programs now that where you can get online valuations. Now, they're they're just going to give you an indicative or Hmm. sort of headline type value But it's a good starting point Um, and it will also identify areas in the business that you might want to work on before Mm. you actually exit.
1: And Jeff, are these valuations done based on like inventory and just an inventory plus X goodwill figure or how do they come up with these numbers?
0: Look, it depends a lot on the size and nature of the business, but usually with the private business market market. A lot of businesses sell on what they call a multiple. So they'll look at your profitability, you know, for the last year or so. And then normally they'll offer you a multiple of that profit. So unless there are particularly valuable assets in the business, normally if it's sold on a multiple basis, that's going to include all of the assets that you're using to generate your profit. So with private businesses, if it's a reasonable private business, you're usually looking at a multiple at the moment of, of somewhere around four. So say your profit for the previous couple of years was, um, say, around half a million bucks, then you're potentially looking at selling for, say, $2 million. Mm-hmm. Now, the key thing about what I was talking about earlier about building a highly sellable business mm-hmm. is you're trying to build features into the into your business where you can be negotiating with the buyer and saying, well, hang on, when you take these factors into account, yes. uh, I think we should be looking at a multiple of five or six.
1: Ah, uh, yes. And this comes back to the point I was making earlier where it's different value to different buyers.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: different buyers will
0: – absolutely value your business in different ways
1: mm.
0: one of the key things i find when i'm working with business owners is let's be really clear where the value is in your business and how valuable that that is to different buyers mm. and then we've got to pitch as hard as we can for the buyer to really fully recognize that value and and pay you for it and part of that process is thinking about what can i do to help a buyer effectively extract the value in my business as easily as possible. Mm-hmm. So say you had a, a particular product that the buyer particularly liked, is that product set up in a way where it would be easy for that buyer to go out tomorrow and sell your product to 20 times more customers without having to do much? Because right. if they could do that, all of a sudden your business is much more valuable to that particular buyer.
1: And this is where the systems and processes and documentation comes into play.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The ability to rinse and repeat on product creation and basically fulfillment is absolutely key.
0: Yeah. And I've certainly been involved in a number of deals where part of the deal's been being able to say to a buyer, we've got some excellent people, excellent processes and so on in place that will help you roll this product out really quickly within your own network. Mm. And that makes a big difference to, to your sale price if you do it well.
1: And, you know, sometimes, I'm sure quite a few of the times, to manage that transition, the seller might come on as a consultant to the new buyers for, say, a transitional period of a year or something like that to, you know, hand the reins over gradually.
0: Yeah. It's a good point. I'm pleased you raised that, Ash, because one of the issues I come across a lot in business exits is where the buyer wants the business owner to stay on sometimes for a number of years hmm. and sometimes will only pay the full purchase price once they've been on for a number of years. Hmm. And a lot of that's making sure the buyer is comfortable. They've actually extracted the full value of the business. Hmm. So again, if you're made the business not very dependent on you, the buyer can buy it a lot more confidently and say, well, we'll just keep you on as a consultant for six months or 12 months, and then you can go, as opposed to, well, we want you to effectively continue running the business for another two or three years, and we'll only pay you your full purchase price if you continue to deliver your full profits. And that can be a huge issue for, for sellers
1: work through right now at this moment is ask yourself, if I walked away from my business for two weeks or for four weeks, would it fall apart? Would it stand without me? What processes and systems have I put in place for this business to work independently of me? What I've done to make myself redundant from my business. What I do is I create videos using ScreenFlow on my Mac and I create instructional videos. So when someone new comes on board, I never have to explain the same process again. And then I get them to use those instructional videos to create documents within Google. And I check those documents based on the instructional videos. And if they haven't created a document as in a procedure that makes sense to me, then either they haven't understood it correctly or my video wasn't good enough. So one of those two things needs to be fixed. And this is how I'm automating or removing myself from the training and development elements as much as possible within my business.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent example, Ash, of, of how to systematize your business. And I think the suggestion of business owners, you know, taking some holidays, because most business owners never take enough holidays. Yes. And the thing is, when you go on holidays, stuff will go wrong. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> guaranteed. But what you do when you come back is you go, what went wrong, and yes. what can we put in place so next time I go away it won't go wrong, and yes. somebody's not calling me. It's, and that's actually a really good way to work out how dependent the business actually is on you. Yeah, and you, and you should be able to get to the point where you know if you've really systematised it well, hmm. that
1: you don't need to be around a lot, and well, that's when you that's when you usually have your best ideas about your business. Exactly, and you know it doesn't have to be a four week holiday. I mean, as a business owner, I get nervous when I leave. My business for like two days but yeah. I've been cultivating and developing someone within my business who's an absolute legend and over time, I feel more and more confident to walk away for, from the business. I can walk away for a couple of days and I think she'll handle things just fine. So you don't have to start with a four-week holiday. You can start with a one-day holiday or one-hour yeah. holiday. You know, make yourself unavailable for certain periods during the day and see what happens, you know, and yeah. then gradually increase it. It doesn't have to be this massive long hiatus where your business just falls apart.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. You do, you do it step by step because it's too stressful if you try and do it in, yeah, in it's one to you and to yeah. your staff.
1: So, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. you know, you want to try and build it in. It's just like anything, it's just doing it gradually, but doing it incrementally. Yes. Okay, so let's talk a bit about a business exit strategy. Jeff, what does a business exit strategy look like when you work with your clients? With me,
0: when I work with clients, I, I like to work with clients for a much longer period of time than a lot of uh, transactional advisors do I come obviously from a very strong transactional background as a corporate lawyer and mm-hmm. business advisor but I, I work much more with clients now sort of around a coaching mentoring type model mm-hmm. and I like to work with them as early as possible before their exit so I spend a lot of time working with them on you know building highly sellable businesses and we use a tool called the value builder system mm-hmm. um, to help us do that and and then we work towards you know them actually getting ready Ready for their exit. So a lot of the work that I do with them is a very, of a very strategic nature. So it's working through issues like how are we going to put your advisory team in place? Who do we need on it? Let's work through how we work out the potential buyers, basically coaching them through the process. And also part of that, looking at what are you going to do after you've left your business? And let's make sure we think about some of that on the way through. Because well, if you go from you know, like a lot of business owners work 100 hours a week to zero. Hmm. There's going to be um, consequences out of that. That's so, a good point. Yeah. So talking to people about, you know, what do you want to do afterwards? What sort of things have, you, have been bouncing around in your head for a long time that you've always wanted to do? Start actually Put, you know, perhaps putting some of that in, in place to a certain extent before you finish hmm. so you don't just go from flat out to zero in, in one day. Hmm. And the reality is most entrepreneurs, you know, you're not going to go and play golf or, hmm.
1: you know, go sailing for the rest of your life. You, no, I'd be bored out of my mind if you know, I was playing golf all day. <laughs>
0: entrepreneurs don't do that they'll they'll go and do it for a while but then they want to get back into something so really effectively renewing your purpose after your exit and working out well what do i want to do now now that might be business it might be travel it might be getting involved in politics could be helping Mm -hmm. young entrepreneurs could be anything but you need to have a new purpose or a renewed purpose that you're then pursuing
1: I love this, Jeff. I really like the fact that you have such a holistic approach. It just reminds me of the balanced scorecard. You know, you don't just think of things from a financial point of view. You look at it from multiple perspectives.
0: Yeah. And this is why a lot of business exits go badly wrong, because you're often sitting around a table where you've got what I'd call all the technical or, or hard advisors around the table. So you've got your, you know, your financial advisor, you've got your lawyer, you've got your accountant, and all they're cool. talking about is the you know the hard aspects of mm. the deal, like the numbers and the due diligence and all the rest of it. Mm. No, nobody looks across the table and says, "Well, so what are your plans afterwards?" Yeah. So, so that bubbles up inside you, and and often it comes out in a really bad way. Next,
1: yeah, and you place. inadvertently sabotage stuff. Yeah. this is where you know mindfulness is a massively powerful mm. tool. I, I, it's a completely different discussion, but I think you know a mindfulness practice or someone who's self-aware will probably pick up on that. But if you're not self-aware, we, and most of us don't practice mindfulness we would probably, you know, self-sabotage because we'd feel like, you know what, I don't really want to let go of this business because I don't know what I'm going to do afterwards. They may not think this consciously, but they would probably feel that on some level and that might actually affect the deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, I've I've seen business owners completely sabotage their deal and you look at it and you go, this was absolutely done and dusted. Mm. You have actually just destroyed your own deal. Mm. and And it's because it's as simple as the fact that nobody said to them at some stage, so what are you going to do next Monday? Yeah, exactly. And and particularly for a lot of older male business owners in particular who have spent decades
1: in their business, it's terrifying. Yes, because us guys are emotionally a little bit less sophisticated. Let's (laughs) let's admit it. (laughs) (laughs) We are. Yeah, I, I totally get it, Jeff. I mean, I think typically as blokes, you know, we have not such strong networks. And admittedly, this is sort of starting to change, but at least at the moment, we don't have very strong networks. You know, something I really want to bring out to our listeners is at the end of the day, robots aren't running businesses, at least not yet. It's human beings that are running businesses. You have to consider the human element. Otherwise you're missing out on a huge chunk. There are all sorts of unforeseen sabotaging type behaviors that are going to come out. If you don't ask the question, what am I going to do when I sell this business? What am I going to care about? What am I going to wake up and get out of bed in the morning for?
0: Yep. And so part of what I do is actually try and spend some time with my clients working through those sorts of issues. As we get moving towards exit and through the exit itself, and, and you, can't, you can't totally remove the emotion and issues around that, but, but it, at least if you're aware it's going to happen to you and you've got somebody you can talk to about it, it can make a massive difference.
1: You know, I think you should have a smart business exit counselling service. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm half serious. <laughs> I think that would be massively valuable. I certainly would find it very valuable. <laughs> Excellent. Good idea. <laughs> Okay. So I just want to tell the listeners, actually, if you're interested in getting the Smart Business Exit book, Jeff is offering a special promotion until the 31st of December, 2017. You just have to go to smartbusinessexit.com forward slash the hyphen smart hyphen business hyphen exit hyphen book. It's a long name, but uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. And you type in the code productive and you can get the book at a 50% discount. Is that right, Jeff? That's correct. So I strongly encourage you to get it. I've had a look at the book and I think it's fantastic. I'm looking forward to really you know, devouring it when I have time, but I've looked through the book quickly and it's really got some fantastic content in there, including an endorsement from Mr. Warillo. Indeed. Yeah. That was a phrase that was knocking around my head all this time, which is built to sell. He wrote that book, right? Well, that was the end of part one of this two-part series with Jeff Green. Don't forget to get your book at a 50% discount using the discount code provided within this episode. In the next part of this two-part series, we'll talk about the challenges that business owners typically face around business exits and how best to overcome these challenges. We'll talk about action steps and a whole lot more. So be sure to tune in to part two of this two-part series on smart business exits. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoy the content, please do leave a review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated.
0: Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today?